welcome everyone to Heart Snuggles. We're really happy you're here today. And I brought a guest from a community we're both a part of, Holisticism, which I always seem to talk about. Um, but yeah, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Lacey Dupre, and I am a doctor of Chinese medicine and a cranial sacral therapist, and amongst you know a few other things, um, a mama and um, anthropologist and a an artist as well. So um, yeah, I am so glad to be here and just honored to have this conversation with you. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know you were a cranial sacral as well and an anthropologist. That's so awesome. <laughs> all the things, all the things that like, you know, just stoked my interest, right? We're mm -hmm. such multifaceted beings and so hard to choose, you know, a path. <laughs> I know. Well, you don't have to. That's the best part. Exactly. So we start off the podcast with the question, what was the last random act of kindness someone did for you? Hmm. So my, one of my patients just left and um, he is this beautiful patient who is like a miracle case. And he brought me a box of saris from, he collects things from all over the world. And he hand wrote on the box, you have no idea how much you've transformed my world a box of like beautiful saris. And he was like, just decorate your life with them. <laughs> oh. So out of the blue, beautiful. That literally happened like 20 minutes ago. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cute. Oh, I love that. Super sweet. Super sweet. Oh, so good. So with acupuncture, um, I feel like, or sorry, you do Chinese medicine? It's ac acupuncture is within the scope of Chinese medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people might not know about it. Still, I keep finding because I get it all the time. But like, people are still don't really know. So maybe just tell them a little bit about that. And then we'll go into how it can help with grief. Sure. Wonderful. Yeah. So Chinese medicine is the whole system, right? Like it includes acupuncture, but also herbal pharmacology. And I mean, from what my studies have also included is like dream work, stone medicine, but it's very all encompassing. It has a, a, a it's a 3000 year old medical system, the oldest, most ancient and efficacious in the world. I have so much reverence for this system, right? It, it comes from not only China, but um, it's a traditional East Asian medicine, right? And um, yeah, so they've brought it over here to us, taught us and, um, and, and just open-heartedly, right? It's such a, an, an exchange of culture, I think. And so I, I stuck with classical studies, um, but you can, of course, like combine it with Western stuff and functional medicine, all these things. Um, as an anthropologist, of course, I was always very much in, um, in, in awe and honor of this beautiful ancient system. And so I didn't want to like sully it with like, you know, um, the, the, the so-called Western viewpoint that I came from, right? It was like, I was just in awe of how much my world turned upside down and inside out when I started studying East Asian medicine, because it's not only like their language that's um, contextual and pictorial, it's their entire way that they view the world. I mean, we are in, I mean, it's, it is like the holistic medicine, right? Um, in, and, and that word right there, um, does not even encompass the breadth and beauty that is this, this system, right? Because it's also, I mean, it includes like Taoist philosophy, right? Um, 
And as science is catching up to this ancient medicine, like as it's, it's forays into like quantum mechanics and all these things, it's like, it's like every time I hear some, some crazy new thing about, you know, science, I have my like air quote science. It's like, oh, actually, yeah. Traditional East Asian medicine's been talking about that, you know, <laughs> you know, that, that sort of thing. I noticed that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, every, every day it's, it's a, a, a new delight, especially with um, working with patients, right? Because you really are um, seeing them shift and change um, as they're being exposed to uh, this this medical system and this philosophy, right? Um, so, and I, I personally practice uh, needle-free acupuncture. Um, that's kind of how I've branded it, but I've studied it's it's um, the tool that I use is the most ancient. It's called the Teixin. And um, it is the first acupuncture needle. There's there's nine original needles, um, and the Teixin is one of those. The other ones have like got lost in the dust of time because they're like for terrible things like scraping or like um, poking through boils and pustules and all the terrible things that thank goodness we don't freaking have to deal with anymore, right? For the most part, for the most part. Um, so yeah, this is the Teixin and, and like, of course your listeners can't see it, but I'll, I'll describe it a little bit. It is, um, you could say like a giant toothpick or a tiny ink pen, right? That's about the size, about three inches. Um, and it does not insert the skin and, um, it goes right on top. So it is, but it is not acupressure by any means. It is, um, the oldest form of acupuncture. Right. And um, I now kind of call acupuncture when the needles are inserted like lazy acupuncture because um, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you're just like bunging needles in and walking away. Right. And of course, like I'm I'm saying that jokingly, I mean, like I have dear friends who do not practice with the Teishi. And so I love I love their work. Um, But there's two lineages of acupuncture. So I just happen to practice this older one. and as, as things do over time, right, the West um, really took on this insertion needling that they saw. And the Western mind, as we know, likes to see things, likes to dissect and think of things mechanically. So, of course, a needle inserting into the body makes more sense, right? So um, this 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 older practice where the needles do not insert is, um, is more subtle and a bit more like esoteric and, um, but far more potent and efficacious. Um, I've seen, cause I've, I practiced for years with needles and, um, everybody hates needles. And so it was, it was wonderful to study this, this lineage. Um, and one of my favorite teachers is Dr. Bear and he is a blind Japanese man. He speaks no English. He is just, he fills the room with light, totally blind, right? So he's like the perfect teacher to teach um, insertion free because it's like, I mean, he, you know, he's a, it's, he's not going to poke you or anything. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. So lovely. So yeah, that's just a little brief introduction on the style that I practice. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I know. No one ever has. And it's, um, it's, it's gaining in more popularity, you know, it's, it's called the Teixin is the, the tool and I'm a silversmith and I'm, I make, um, them myself. 
and sell them to other practitioners. Yeah. Amazing. Do you know any over here in Southern California? Oh, let's see. Um, I did have several colleagues um, there because I lived in San Diego for 10 years. Um, and yeah, I'll have to think if they're still there. People in Southern California, we, we just move around too much, you know? Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, let me think on that and get back to you on, on any practitioners that are still there. Yeah, I'd love to try it. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. That's so beautiful. And um, I just love learning because I've gone to acupuncture for years now. I've never heard of that. So it's like I'm always finding out more. And also my newest acupuncture, because I just moved here, does dream stuff. He was like asking me what elements are in my dreams. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what does this yeah. mean? And so that is so cool, too. So maybe could you just briefly touch on that? Because I think it's really interesting. And then we'll get into the other stuff. <laughs> sure, sure. Of course. And I'm, I'm lo- I love that your new acupuncturist is, um, is analyzing your dreams or maybe not even not in like the Carl Jung sense, analyzing (laughs) right? Um, Because that is part of it. Um, So you can't have a holistic medicine um, without uh, looking at dreams because I mean, first of all, we're asleep for what a third of our lives, eight, hopefully eight hours a day. And um, there, it's not like it's uh, real life and not real life. It's, it's the, it's the waking life and the dream life. And there, you can't look at um, that, just the waking life. You're just looking at a portion of the person. And there is so much in the dream, the dream time, so much to be looked at, just as much as like as a Chinese medicine uh, practitioner, I look at your tongue and your pulse and ask you questions about waking life. Dream life has just as much, right? And even mm-hmm. sometimes far more symbolically. And the medicine is a very symbolically rich uh, medicine. So it's quite easy to be able to see what's going on. I mean, you're, it's, it's your, and it's also, you know, your subconscious speaking um, your needs and speaking through you. And um, like, take, for example, like a nightmare is when you're ignoring something and your body or, or your subconscious is just finally at the point where it really needs to get the message through. So it starts screaming at you, you know, it's like pain, mm. right? Um your, your body's been telling you subtly in different ways. And then it's just like, well, I'm just going to start yelling at you now <laughs> to get your attention, you know? So, um, yeah, very much, uh, necessary. And, you know, like working with this, the Taishin and then dreams and, uh, looking at the tongue, it's been wonderful because I've been able to practice virtually online throughout the pandemic. And I've been seeing my patients back in California, um, virtually, uh, and, you know, over zoom and teaching them how to use the Taishin. Um, and that's, that's part of, you know, what, what I do now it's, it's crazy, but I actually practice a lot of, uh, my, my time is, is spent virtually. <laughs> yeah. You're amazing. That is so cool. I must <laughs> try you out. That is um, just, wow. I just love that you've been able to shift with the times and it's almost more empowering now because you get to teach people what you do, which is like the best thing ever because the gift just keeps on giving. So that's for me. I love how things work out like that. <laughs> no, and it's so nice empowering others to like take 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 a hold of their own, you know, well-being. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you briefly talked about anger there really quickly. And so <laughs> let's chat more about that because anger definitely um, can be 
tangled into grief and it's something that's really important. And I believe, especially as women, we are, there's no spaces to access anger. And even as men, there's not either because women are so afraid of the anger. So it's like, we're both in these cycles where we can't express anger or we express it at the wrong times. (laughs) Yeah. Or we express it yet like to our loved ones, right. Which hurts. I mean, which totally sucks. I mean, yeah, it's, um, so in any repressed emotion turns in, in, in the body into a stagnation and that is the later cause of dis-ease, right? Disease. Um, anger sure is a potent one. It's usually the one like on the surface, right? And just as you said, grief below that, fear below that. Um, and anger can be our superpower. That's, I, I teach my, my clients about anger as, um, let's access it, let's use it. Um, and it, it is a stage of grief. Right. And the stage I've, I've actually mapped out um, the stages of grief according to the five phases in uh, traditional Chinese medicine and anger. Um, I think it re- represents the wood phase. There's fire, earth, metal, water, wood and earth. I mean, I'm sorry. And, and wood is anger. And, and, and that's actually that correlation there is, um, you know, that's that's part of uh, the tradition of, of Chinese medicine. And Taoist philosophy would the liver, right? Yeah, exactly. The liver, gallbladder, and um, woods all about growth and um, you know taking action. But it's that um, that that sense of like control or over control, and then lack of control. And isn't that where um, anger comes in, right? Like when we can't um, access, when we think we want control and we can't have it where we feel like things are out of control and it like starts as irritation um, and then is anger. And then of course, feminine rage, like the fact that we're living in a patriarchal society. And if we express anger as women, we're like hags. And then if a man expresses it, he's, he's powerful. Right. And I know that's a little bit uh, polarizing, but I mean, we know that's, that's pretty true um, that that's the case. (laughs) <laughs> which makes us even more pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. We, we repress it because of that. Cause we want to, you know, it's mm-hmm. that good girl card that we're trying to, to play to fit in, which creates more repressed anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that good girl archetype is really hard because it's like anytime you express emotions and you're the crazy girl and it's just, um, can never win. And and then it's funny too, actually for men as well, like, you know, some women will want them to express emotions as soon as they do them. They're like, you're being OSC. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, we need to, we're so entangled into all these beliefs. And um, so, yeah, I think it's super important to do acu- self-acupuncture, um, mm-hmm. like you're saying, and tap into those and release them. Because anytime we suppress anything, it's just, yeah, builds up and we don't like that. And so with grief, since this is a really tricky emotion for people to feel, and um, this month on the podcast, we've been talking about how grief isn't just through death, but obviously it's immensely through death, um, but it comes up in other ways. And we don't even probably name it as grief, but um, we all experience it at some point. And so how do you help people create the space to feel it instead of numb that? Yeah. So oftentimes when I'm talking to either a client virtually or a patient on my table, grief comes up. I mean, yes, the the collective grief we've all been experiencing, but we each have our own instances, right? Of grief. And um, yeah, oftentimes it's a grief 
uh, a loss of, of who I am, who I thought I was, um, and th- those sorts of things. It's, it's a little bit more personal than, um, than, yeah, I just had somebody die, right? Um, that, that a, a loved one, you know? There's so many different variations of grief um, and, and, the, and the collective grief, just the life that I knew once was, is, not, is no longer, never coming back, all, all the loss, right? that we've been experiencing. I mean, it's just, um, it's really, it's, it's very, it's traumatic. It really is traumatic. Um, and, um, so we, the, the first things we do is we try to name them. And then, um, the, I kind of have like a few steps that we go through, accept it and feel it. Um, because that's the, the first, uh, doorway that opens is to vulnerability. Right. And, um, just, you know, knowing that when we hold something in that it's going to create this stagnation um within the body that could later like snowball into even more um issues or problems or like you know a a, a disease or more grief is is kind of what i was getting at um when we harbor things it's just it's it's not against um i mean it's, it's it's against our true nature um so just kind of talking about that acceptance piece um, and really feeling it, you know, like, um, go outside and have a good cry and like really feel the grief and feel like, where does it feel? Um, and like, where, where do you feel it in your, in your body and where do you experience it? Um, during the day, sometimes it's times of day, you know, like the middle of the night or like 3 PM or something like that. Um, starting to notice where, where grief appears, right. Physically, or even, um, you know, within your own day. Um, and then I always say, uh, if you don't want to dance, you don't have to dance, but some kind of movement. Um, I like to picture, um, traditional dancers, how they're just like uh, shaking. And, um, also when we think about, uh, the re- the, the current research in, uh, like polyvagal theory and somatic experiencing how animals shake off, shake off trauma, they shake off stress. And we can do that with grief. And I think, you know, that's very well represented in, um, traditional cultures who shake and dance and, and gyrate all crazy to like wonderful music. Um, you know, I'm like, put on some drumming and just like shake it out. And if you can't do that, um, you can just do like the, the whole arm shaking, shaking of the hands and then dropping them in your lap. Right. It does wonders. It really does in terms of moving that, that stuck energy. Cause grief does, um, again, like stick and, and stagnate. Right. Um, then we talk about purpose. So, um, it's like, where's the light within our grief? We can always try to look for that and, um, being connected and being of service is sometimes just the little lantern that we can hang up and say, Oh, I, I can do that. I can connect to somebody. I can be of service to somebody. And that usually really helps navigate, um, through grief and, um, being in nature. That's the, that's like my favorite one, right? Um, go out there. She will talk to you. Like we are her, she is us. Um, we are disconnected from her, from, you know, like our devices to our shoes, to our, like the homes we live in, to our, our mentality and our mindset, all the things we are like so disconnected from her. Right. So, um, 
And, you know, it doesn't have to be something huge, like a weekend of forest bathing. I'm just like, go step in some dirt outside and like make eye contact with a leaf, like look at a leaf, you know, just something that connects you to her um, for a moment. And um, you'll start to be in, in communication with her, with, with, with nature. And then we do some self-acupuncture, <laughs> you know, with, with various points in the body. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of my, like my, my brief navigation through um, what is a very difficult journey. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for taking the time to find that and create that for people, because like you said, it's difficult, you know, so you to take the extra time to like find a process to work for people that takes like, extra loving. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, and would you be willing to show us for people that are watching the video? And if not, like tell us one point that we could do self-acupuncture? I would love that. Um, so probably one of my, I have, oh, I have two good ones um, that I love, but I think, yeah, no, I have a favorite one. So it's called large, <laughs> I know, I know there's so many, right? Um, large intestine 20. So the large intestine and the lungs are the two metal organs of the body. And those are the organs that are associated with grief. Um, so we're going to do LI 20 because, um, it's around the nose and it's associated with olfactory as well. And I mean, what better way to navigate grief than to ignite that, that wonderful sense of smell as well, because, um, that ties us to, um, that, you know, that it, it immediately activates the limbic system whenever you smell something that, um, can bring you back to, a good memory or even a bad. So it's, it's, it's a great place to access. So LI 20, if you take your fingertips and place them, um, on the outside of your, your, um, this is called the nasal labial foot, like the, your nostrils. There we go. <laughs> I was like, do I help you? <laughs> so funny. I know. So right above and outside, um, of the nostrils. So you're on the outside of your nose, right above the nostrils, kind of where, like, if you follow your smile lines that go on either side of your face and your cheeks, and they kind of end right in your nose, right? I'm trying to describe for like podcast listeners. Um, this is LI 20. And when you take the Taishin, you can really feel like a, a vibration and a very potency there. The Taishin is like an antenna, right? Um, but just with your fingers, we can like, we can place, place our fingertips right here and always use your pointer finger. Yeah. Because this is your metal finger. So it's, um, the, it's the, the finger that's associated with the large intestine. And this point is, um, increases the ability to receive new experiences. So what I like to do, yes, close the eyes. And I always teach the microcosmic orbit breath. It's a simple breath. It's you inhale through the nose, up the spine. So up your back, the back of your neck, up the back of your head to the top of your head. And then you exhale gently via your nose and your breath falls down the front of your face and your throat and your heart down over your belly into your pelvic bowl and it circles back and dips up through the sacrum as you inhale, up the spine, up the back of the neck, into the top of the head and down again through all these 
sinus areas, the throat, the heart, the belly, and back into the pelvic bowl. So it's this orbit within the body. And as you do it, you'll be able to feel when your breath passes between these two points as it's coming down. And you're just really feeling and accessing your own chi, right? By sensing, by placing your fingers here, a gentle breath and the orbit of, of, your, of your own breath, which is chi. And when, so the, the large intestine, its job is to separate um, the, distinguish the essential from the non-essential, right? The metal element cuts away what we no longer need. And the large intestine is that process of letting go, right? So not only are we igniting this olfactory sensation and um, breathing in the lungs, which is all about reception and vulnerability, right? Like I'm taking it in, but the large intestine then um, cuts away what you don't need and um, lets it go. Same with like pooping, right? That's what the large intestine does. It's like, I don't need this anymore. Um, so that's the connection of the large, I mean, the, the lungs and large intestines and with grief, right? Um, being again, open to receiving new experiences, letting go then what you, what are no longer needed, right? Um, so it's a nice point to do um, in the mornings or um, at night in bed, right? Doing a little breath work there with those, those notions in mind. Mm, that was amazing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. Little mini practices. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. It's so nice too. Cause like sometimes people get overwhelmed. They're like, well, I don't want to have to learn this whole new thing. And, you know, just like, like just start small, do something little and start experiencing the magic already. You know, it's like, we don't always have to make an hour for self-practice. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I always teach a two minute protocol. I always at least give a two minute protocol as homework. Something yes, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. And will you share a little bit about your grief cafe? Yes, um, it's actually I have one coming up soon. And I should have like solidified the date. Um, I could probably do that right now. But um, it is a free offering. And um, we all gather on zoom. And there is no leader, no facilitator, right? Because we're all in this together. And everybody, we just go round robin. Um, the only thing I do is I, I like look on my screen, on the Zoom screen and say who's next. Like I say, okay, would you like to go next? And according to like who's on the screen next. And we just share what we are grieving right now, what we've lost. And it's a beautiful way to... Um, to connect, but when we verbalize and and put out there in a group in a sacred container, um, so much healing happens. And like I'm I'm a research scientist as well, so I I've seen the science around group healing efforts. But um, I can also tell you there's like this is this is like magical spell casting too to like really help you let go and. Um, process and hearing other people's stories. I mean, cause we're humans, we're, we're storytellers, right? And so it's not like we're making up new stories. We're sharing our, our truth, our stories. And there's something so potent in that and so needed um, that it's, it's just unbelievable how much um, 
yeah, how much connection and coherence happens on these uh, these free circles. Yeah, I have one coming up in early November. It'll probably be the second week in November. And um, yeah, the, the best way to find out, I guess, is um, I guess my Instagram, my email, I mean, my um, website. I wish I had solidified a date before today. It's still up in the air. That's okay. It'll be perfect. Whatever day you choose and people will find you because who's meant for you will always come for you. So that's, uh, it's such a great space and I as well, like the community is everything. And I think connection is vital and um, something I really like to help people with as well is creating nourishing connections because I was surrounded by so many people for my whole life that weren't actually true community. And when you are able to experience that, it is life-changing. And I think during this past two years, a lot of people have been afraid of one another. And that's like so hard for me, uh, um, knowing how powerful connection is and how much it means to me. And so really this, like we need to somehow bring people back together because it is so potent. Absolutely. I love that. I, and same, I was too often surrounded by people who were not my community who were not, yeah, who were not nourishing me or like, you know, are like my ideals about how I wanted to live. And I think that that goes back to um, patriarchal tendencies, right? And like good mm-hmm. girl shit. Oh, sorry. And I'm so No, you can swear. Hurts, right? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't matter on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a rough road. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that you are creating that here. You know, this mm-hmm. is a, a safe place for us to come and talk and, and connect. And um, this community is such a beautiful one, the, the connections that you've created here. Yeah, yeah I feel so grateful. And, um, and just, it's a nice way to like podcasts in particular have helped me throughout my whole life. And I just always remember like, I want to one day have one and here I am. Like, it's just so fun, but they're so powerful and like anyone can have one. And I think that's so beautiful. It's like, you don't have to have a certain qualification or level of anything. It's just like, you can have it and we can, everyone has something to share. And as a, as the host, it's like, I get to bring out the gifts of people that I like really see. And some people that are like, well, I've never been on a podcast. I'm like, it doesn't matter. We all have wisdom and we can all be a listener and a teacher. And and the get the listeners go listen to people from all different backgrounds. It's just so fun. So yeah, I really appreciate you being here and being a part of this community and sharing your community with this one. And I'm excited to see them intertwine. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm very (laughs) excited for that. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for having me here. Yeah. It's been a lovely conversation and I, I love talking about the difficult emotions. I mean, cause you know, we could hang out and talk about fun things, which I love, but um, we really have um, conversations that, that that connect us heart to heart that is that's where the magic is and I think that is where podcasting is that's how it's so magical right it's that uh that it's it's a heart space that's what good conversations do is they they shift us and I too Mm. have been healed by podcasts like literally (laughs) I know like so many revelations have happened I'm like what What? so yeah just the way somebody put something you know like the way the way they say it resonates oh my gosh Mm -hmm. so good yeah like that's another concept I was just talking about a friend it's like we don't 
a lot of the concepts have just been recycled year after year after year. It's like no one's oh. really coming up with anything new, but it's right. just how they present it. And um, and yeah, we need to hear things a hundred times sometimes for it to land and or just as a reminder because life is so busy. So yeah, it's so nice to hear from everyone's voice. So true. Mm. Thank it. you again. And just for clarity, what's your links that people can find you at? And what are you offering right now as well? Oh, well, thank you. So my website is my name, LaceyDupre.com. So it's L-A-C-E-Y-D-U-P-R-E.com. Everything's there. And um, I am doing a, a holiday bundle where it's um, you get a your own magic wand, the Taishin, and a booklet, as well as a little facial elixir potion of potent Chinese medicine to put on the points and um, a private podcast that goes with it to teach you a little bit about how to use it. And then I also, of course, have virtual sessions um, that uh, I do one-on-one -on -one sessions with people. And I am soon launching my, my program called Activation, which because I found so much um, efficacy with group healing that um, I had to create that space um, because it's incredible to be with other people through this journey, you know? So that'll be um, available soon. And Instagram, I'm at Dr. Lacey Dupre, and there's like dots between that, dr.lacey.dupre. So I'm mostly um, there and my website and then through my email list, right? So jump on, I have a lot of freebies on my website and I rarely email you. So there's, there's no spam, just some gems. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thanks for allowing me to share as well. I so appreciate it. Yay.